It's time for Now We're Talking, a show about empowerment and keeping the conversations going. Sponsored by Living Attributes, helping you find your life purpose. Head to the website, www.elizabethelames.com. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth. Hello, and welcome to the Now We're Talking show. I'm your host this week, Elizabeth E. Lames, co-founder of the Now Empowerment Collective and author of Living Attributes Typology. And my co-hosts are Cherie Rowett from Heart Choice Enterprises and co-founder of Now Empowerment Collective, and Susan Knapp, CEO at Intuit Africa and team member at Now Empowerment Collective. How's your week been, Cherie? been great. Thanks, Elizabeth. And hi, Susan. Hi, everybody. We're getting to feel summer now. It's been getting quite hot out there. And I must say my activities are kind of getting that busy pre-Christmas rush feel to them, you know, trying to fit things in and just, you know, to sail into Christmas and feel a bit of peace by the time we get to the 25th. (laughs) Mm. So, yes, it's been a funny mix. I've been trying to keep all the balls in the air with um, work, with um, family, now school holidays, of course, and also... Um, a big garden project on the go, so lots of muscle work out the front as oh, well. Nice, so, nice yeah. weather though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think today and tomorrow I'm happy to sort of head inside again. But <laughs> yes, yeah. How about you, Susan? How are you going? I'm going well. A bit like Cherie, lots of balls in the air. We have uh, a big uh, dance concert that's going to be happening on the streets of Nairobi in the near future. So it's been coordinating um, renting chairs and who's going to feed the guests and um, liaising with the camera person so that we get all the right uh, imagery and what we need for our event next year here in Adelaide. So lots of coordinating and lots of cross-cultural idiosyncrasies, but we're all good. <laughs> we're all good. Oh, wow. It'll be one of those exciting. things that works out well in the end. Mm. Yeah. Sounds mm. exciting. It is exciting. So what we do is we close the street off um, where one of our schools is and all of the community come together and get to share what the kids have been learning for the whole year. Mm. Beautiful. Yes. Wow, thanks. Okay, so this is the second week in our four-part series focusing on community-first leadership. So we're just going to recap again on, you know, what is community-first leadership? Well, our world is moving toward new social structures, which involves creating new systems, new communities, new businesses, and these new initiatives need a more cooperative style of leadership to grow the humanity we all want. People today want to make a positive difference in the world, but they don't want to do it alone. They want to do it in community. So today's show is focused on community-first leadership and how commitment and clarity are key in the world of Susan Knapp, (laughs) Cherie Rower and me, Elizabeth Elames. So each segment of today's show will dive deep into the aspects of why and how community, uh, sorry, why commitment and clarity support community-first leadership. And we'll be giving some examples. So a little bit later on, we'll also dive deeper into the segment and share some of our lived experiences around commitment and clarity in leadership and what works and what doesn't work, actually. So um, which leads us to the last part of the show, Keeping the Conversation Going where we broaden our discussion and invite you to keep the conversation going in your own community and perhaps take up the idea of community-first leadership. We're off to a break now, and when we come back, we'll be talking with the NOW team. You're listening to the NOW We're Talking show on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. 
Maisha Flow is an Adelaide-based not-for-profit which empowers girls in Kenya. It does that by making sustainable sanitary packs for the women living in the slums. 17-year-old Aliyah Sarango does all of this from Adelaide, which also gives employment opportunities in Kenya. You can help by inviting Aliyah to speak at your business, school or corporate event. Follow Aliyah on Instagram, maisha.flow. Into Ed Africa, an organisation that's changing the world for the better, transforming global communities by challenging the status quo of education and operations in Africa and Australia. Using a social enterprise model with global connections, working with people on the ground as their guides, helping build and develop sustainable education and purposeful enterprise facilities in Kenya and Rwanda. Visit their website, intoafrica.org, to donate or call their CEO, Susan Knapp, on 0414 651 012. You're listening to Now We're Talking, promoting empowerment and ensuring the conversation continues. Welcome back. You're listening to the Now We're Talking show with Elizabeth E. Lames and co-host Cherie Rowett and Susan Knapp from the Now Empowerment Collective. Okay, so we're going to de- dive a little bit deeper Susan and Cherie, <laughs> and we're going to talk about commitment and clarity. So starting with you, Cherie, can you share with our listeners um, a specific time when your commitment played an important role in your leadership? Um, thanks for asking, Elizabeth. It's um, It certainly is a big part of leadership, isn't it? Because, um, you know, leadership, I think, requires us to go first in some way, you know, to kind of step up and be be an example or – well, not to be an example. That's not the purpose of your leadership. But in leading, you become an example to others. So it does require commitment because also being visible, you can become a bit of a target, you know. Mm. So you can get praise. You can get criticism, you know. You get mm. the whole gambit. So you've got to be up for it and you've got to have that commitment. Um and I think for me, my commitment has been, I guess, with when I look at the journey of now itself, I guess it's six years ago that we um, actually, you know, um, t- uh, incorpor- it. incorporated yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Um, so there'd been developmental time before that put in to really shape it up to what it was and what the all the details were to be. And then the actual process of incorporating was just a journey in itself. I think you'll remember that, Elizabeth. I do. Lots of technicalities around language and documents and where they get submitted and all these other um, responsibilities that go with um, creating an, an incorporated association. But the commitment there, I guess, was to have a, a vehicle that is um, for collective good and, and creates um, an entity that can then, um, you know, we can use that to support our events, to be an identity for other people to relate to. So it becomes a community um, connection point, really, by having an incorporated association. So it's bigger than any one individual, but it's this thing in the middle. That, and we like to think of it as a living organism because it's a dynamic thing. You know, it's going to it's going to breathe with us. It's going to grow with us. It's going to, you know, it's, it's, got, it's sort of a living organism, but it is this separate entity. It's not any one individual. And it's so helpful to have that um 
that entity there. So I, I look back at all the hard yards it took, and I think at times we sort of tore our hair out a bit, thinking, gosh, are we actually progressing? Feels like six steps forward, three steps back, you know, all the time. But we did progress. And you look, and, and six years down the track, we're holding firm and really clear about the unique value that we bring um, in, in creating spaces, transformative spaces mm. for, you know, people to um, experience and um, come together around positive social change. So I think the clarity sort of comes often for me personally, clarity often comes in the doing of what I'm leading, so actually doing the tasks and the experience so that lived experience, I'm not always exactly 100% sure I've got it right, but I do things to my best. And then as it runs, I get the feedback of what works and what didn't work so well. And based on that, I can shape it up and keep shaping it. So mm. my clarity tends to be clarity through lived experience, you know, mm. and a dynamic thing. Some people I think are really good at getting clarity at the outset. They just they just consider ahead and they can plan ahead with great clarity. Well, that's probably not my gift. My gift is the clarity that comes from reflection. So doing my best with planning to the best of my ability, but I always gain more clarity when I reflect on how things yeah. have, have travelled and transpired, yeah. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, so just sort of recapping on that just for a minute, just going back at, you know, at that time of yes. um, putting the incorporated body together is, you know, that, that level of commitment that's required when you're challenged by other people in the community. <laughs> so, so you know, you've got – it really does work with community first leadership is because that is important that everybody on the team has that commitment, uh, you know, at whatever level or what sort of lens they're looking through. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I think the – thing that ends up being the most challenging is when people's commitment is fading you know it's like yeah that's when it starts to fade and 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 you, yeah the conflict comes in <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah what about yeah. you susan yeah yeah well i think um if i'm talking about commitment i thought how it's influenced my life i thought i'd give a recent example in terms of how i've chosen to educate two of my children. Oh, great. And, and it taps into what you're saying, Elizabeth, because sometimes when you have that commitment, what happens is um, other people around you who you might be making feel a little bit uncomfortable with your commitment then start to condemn or mm. criticise. And so I think um, the way that I choose to educate two of my children is a really great example of that because I made that decision consciously to home educate the youngest two, the oldest two, of course, have been and still go to school. And when I made that commitment, I made that um, commitment with so much clarity, uh, but it became really challenging for a lot of people in my inner circle. And so if you're not then really tight with your commitment I think you can be swayed by those opinions of others and then you start to question yourself and your commitment towards um, your journey or whatever mm. it is that you're doing at that particular point. Mm. And so it's really fascinating because I was clear on my commitment to my kids and their choice for their educational journey, mm. I've stayed in that despite the criticism and and sometimes the condemnation of it 
And we're now oh, two and a half, three years into it. And it's really fascinating that shift and the shift that because we've stood firm with our commitment to that process, people are now looking at it and going, hmm, maybe there's something in that. And, and maybe I'd like to learn more about that. And I think it doesn't have to be just with my example. I think my example is representative of, of commitment as a whole. Mm. When you actually stand in it, um, you rise beyond the, the discomfort mm. and the opinions of others and just keep putting one foot in front of the, the other yeah. and see where you get. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm getting a really great distinction here around commitment that I've never really thought of before. And, and you know, you're bringing up the stuff around, you know, leadership and, you know, when we first started this um, movement is, uh, you know, you'd be at a dinner party and, so, and somebody <laughs> would say, so what do you do? And I think, oh, really? <laughs> okay. You know, it's okay in the context that I do it from a leadership p- perspective, but sometimes at the dinner party, it's, you know, a couple of wines, people are a bit... That, anyway, so... Um, I remember this woman saying to me, so what do you do? And I said, oh, well, you know, uh, facilitating an empowerment program for women. You know, it's a new style leadership for women. (laughs) Straight up, straight up. What about the men? Oh. (laughs) Yes. And what I'm realising is that it was actually my level of commitment that that was triggering something Um, because, and so I just, this little story. Um, So at at the end of that dinner, you know, when we're all leaving and this was, you know, somebody's husband that I knew years and years ago. So, you know, we're all hugging and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she just whispered in my ear, his wife said, I'm sorry, you actually made me feel like, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything, you know. So there you go. It was like, wow. Yeah. She was so honest. But I, I've never thought about it until right now is that it was my level of commitment mm-hmm. that challenged yes. yeah, her yes. paradigm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So thank yes. you. And, and maybe it was my level of clarity as well you know mm. so you know it was like really clear yes. this is yeah it's time for women to step up and have we'll have a new style of leadership on the planet how about that and um you know so it was just that clarity and that presses buttons sometimes well absolutely because yeah. when you have that clarity what it does is mm. it presses the button in people who are operating on a default mode so lots of people, I think, are just operating on this default mode that they've fallen into rather than consciously looking for what their commitment is and where it, they're going to place that commitment and therefore what they are very, very clear of. Mm. And so I think it it can activate uh, people who are not aware. I think it can still activate them in a really good way because yeah. if it just yeah. if it just sparks that tiny thing, then maybe they'll go away and think about. Hmm. So what am I really clear about? Am I really clear about the job that I do? Am I really clear about which bank I do my banking with? Mm-hmm. Are they really clear about why I educate my children in this particular way? And so it's really fascinating. Yeah. So anything else you want to add to that, Cherie? I guess I was just thinking too around clarity around at the moment in our current um, environment, just clarity around health choices is coming up Mm. quite a lot in Mm -hmm. in, in the world, isn't it? Um, And I'm really feeling that... um, you know, sometimes that's a, that's an area that people can feel really they want to go by default because they feel like mm-hmm. their knowledge of it is, and their 
clarity around health and health principles and those sorts of things is at a certain level and they're happy to have um, other experts make decisions and set directions for them. And then other people, other individuals have got really perhaps have dived deeper into the area of health and have a much clearer health framework of their own um, and that they are kind of – you know, they're wanting, they want, they want, they're so committed to health in the way they see it that they, and they're really clear about, you know, how they're going to deal with things like, you know, viral risks or whatever. So they want that choice themselves. And so they want to lead their own life in that area. Mm. So it's kind of, I can really see what you were, you know, some of the themes mm. you were talking about there playing out just in the yeah. current um, culture, you know, that we're experiencing. I kind of, from time to time, I turn the TV on and get a bit of a, mm. an overload of, you know, <laughs> dominant narratives. And, and the other day I saw some guy on the, the, the some sporting board, AFL board, or, you know, manager of something local here on the AFL, big figure, um, who was um, being stood down because he'd made a choice around his own health management um, and to avoid, you know, the jab, for example. And um, I just sort of, you know, I just sort of thought it's interesting, isn't it, how these stories are told? Because I thought that man must have some reference point Point, some clarity point around his choice. Otherwise, he wouldn't be making a choice with those sorts of consequences. And obviously, he's committed to it. So he's following it through. And um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's sort Good of, is, 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 are people wanting to run on default or are they mm. wanting to, to set their own path? And, mm. and, and that can happen. It's not just health. It's like no, you were saying, yeah. Susan, it's how you educate your children. Like you've yeah. got such clarity and commitment, you'd make that mm. choice. Whereas with my kids, I feel like, oh, mm. I don't have that. I'm not a trained, you know, teaching mm. background. I don't have that degree of commitment to um, sort of independent uh, explorative mm. learning for my child. So, you know, so mm. everybody, I think, you know, we need to get to this point of clarity. But it's also really, it really fits in with the new style leadership because we've also got um, a lot of, or well, a lack of commitment and clarity in a lot of leadership at the moment. Mm. And it's that's what's creating um, some challenges for people. So I think it's fitting in with with now and our ethos of a new style of leadership where we collaborate and we listen and we cooperate and then we all become clear as one. Mm. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you, team. Yeah, that's been a great conversation and really wonderful to hear your points of view on lots of different things, you know, that are happening at the moment and your experiences around commitment and clarity in community first leadership. Um, so, listeners, please connect with Cherie at Heart Choice Enterprises and Susan at Intuit Africa and visit our Now Empowerment Collective website, www.now-collective.org. We're heading to a break now and we'll be back with more on our Community First Leadership campaign. You're listening to the Now We're Talking show on 87.6 FM Adelaide, Radio Italia Uno. Are you at a point where your work or life doesn't seem to cut it anymore and the emotional feeling in your stomach or heart is calling you to do something different? Elizabeth Elames is an archetype activator and her purpose is helping you to identify what that something different is and why it surfaced. Teaching you how to bring your inner archetypes to life, Elizabeth can identify your story, activate your codes and align you with your soul's higher purpose. 
Find your inner strength and direction by visiting www.elizabethelames.com. You're listening to Now We're Talking, promoting empowerment and ensuring the conversation continues. Hi, and welcome back to the Now We're Talking show. This is week two in our four-part series highlighting our Now campaign, Community First Leadership. Our focus today is commitment and clarity and their influence on community first leadership. So I had a little look at the definition of these two words, commitment and clarity. So commitment, number one, the state of quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. Two, a pledge or undertaking. And clarity, one, the quality of being particularly clear and coherent. Two, the quality of transparency and purity. I loved that. Mm. I thought, wow, that's just a whole other, you know, way of looking at things. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think the transparency and the purity of our intentions and intentions are are so important in leadership. Um, So that's really um, spoke to me. Uh, So what about you, Cherie? What... um, what about clarity and community and clarity, uh, commitment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, look, I absolutely agree. I think uh, I see it from both sides. I see it, the, the need for it and, and um, my desire to use them as a compass point for my own leadership. So um, uh, especially when it's sort of grassroots leadership, when I'm trying to gener- you know, mm. drive my own business, which is around the mission of supporting caregivers and the quality of care and, and the quality of life for people who give care. Um, and, and so that also because mm. the, of the quality of life that they generate in the people that they're caring for. So, um, I'm really wanting to be really true to my, like, I guess when you say pure and transparent, I want to be pure and transparent in myself that that's what I'm after. I'm wanting to serve people who don't often get a lot of recognition in those roles and who are, there's very little payment or financial, um, you know, um, benefit from taking on those responsibilities. So really keeping the, um, the selflessness of of what people are doing who's who choose to care um so keeping that front of mind so that i can serve them well and their needs because i think um i think if they like me would benefit from encouragement in in what they're doing in that space so yeah so trying to hang on to that myself my own commitment and clarity but also in projects i've been involved with it's you know it's um really important that everyone who comes to the table has got commitment and clarity about why they're there and what has linked them to that project um and yeah it it can be um what would i say it can be disillusioning if collectively we become aware that other people in the leadership like because I think flat structure leadership you know I think Mm. when I so here I'm talking projects I really love flat structure leadership so I like everybody to come ready to lead and to come from that with that commitment and clarity personally so they're not there because of their paycheck you know as the predominant Mm. thing or they're not there because um, you know somebody's told them that they need to make up extra hours and they need to take (laughs) on that project because everyone else is too busy like you know those 
those sorts of practical so it really needs to be you know fairly heart based the, the motivation to come to the table and support and grow a project and so when if when and if that if there's any discovery that that's not authentically within the people who've turned up to help a project um then it's it can be I think it's disruptive. I think it does have a bit of a disruptive impact um, on the actual work that you're trying to grow together. Um, have you got a tip around that for, um, for our listeners? I would say um, something I've probably learned and I would do differently in the future working in projects would be to actually uh, have a conscious conversation about that very early in the project, very early in the project, <laughs> and, oh, and not make assumptions that, you know, that other people are coming with what you think they're bringing, mm. but actually, you know, have the conversation up front. How important is that to each of you around the table? Yeah. What place does it have, you know? And if it's, if, if it's not strong enough, you know, what does that mean? You know, will you actually take the project on? Will you continue with the project? Mm. Or um, can you do something together to strengthen the culture, you know? Yeah. And I yeah, know, Elizabeth, you're really into yeah. team culture, aren't you? Yeah, so yeah. the culture needs to be set up right up the front and which often happens, you know, when it's not, that's when the disruption happens. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that sort of transparency and purity is... Um, really important isn't it yeah about the, the each person's vision around what it is that they they want on the team yeah i think ultimately it's it's impact is around trust mm. you know you do need that trust between you if you're working on something together and you're growing something of merit together mm. you need to trust each other with it mm. and so if you haven't got that commitment and clarity fairly each of you doesn't carry it fairly strongly then it, that i think the cost can be in tr- to mm. the trust between the team members. That's been my experience mm. anyway over the years. Mm. And maybe if I can add to, yes, to what yeah. Cherie's saying, I think it's such a fascinating conversation because sometimes you actually don't know. You might know your commitment at the onset of a project, but you might not actually, it's going to sound weird, but you might not actually be clear of your clarity until you're evolving into the project. And so it's kind of like this evolutionary thing. So then I think that's where the trust comes in. And that's also where I think communication comes in. You, when you're when you're adopting a new style of leadership, you have to actually be at that point where you can have trusting, um, challenging conversations with other people. Mm. So for us working in, one, we work in resource poor communities and two, we work with people from very different culture mm. and very different, obviously, socioeconomic background. And so they've come up pretty much in a space of charity and that an our model, we actually are trying to be disruptors of that charity mindset. So while we are very clear that our mission is to create purposeful enterprises that transform communities, we're working with an enormous system that has been raised for the last very long time on a charity model. And on that charity model, it can actually work on some levels. They sit back and they receive. <laughs> but, you know, does that actually activate your soul and does that um, does that enable you to shine the light of your purpose? And so we then can sometimes, because I'm very clear on the fact that I don't believe charity has served the people of Africa 
And I also don't think it serves the people who are giving unless they're very clear on why they're giving. If I'm giving because I feel guilty because of what I'm what I've got, then I'm not clear. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm very clear. That's not an authentic energy that's being transmitted. Um, so yes, so we where where the leader is really clear and you're coming up against a system that is still emerging into that clarity, then we could have another C word of conflict (laughs) and we could also have another C word of communication. (laughs) And quite often, again, if you're working with people of a different culture, their model of communication during conflict might be to stop speaking. (laughs) (laughs) So then I guess the thing is then, um, and it's tapping into what Cherie said, it's actually then going back and having that conversation with yourself and reassessing your commitment and reassessing your clarity and then understanding if you're going to compromise. We've got a lot of C words in this show. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and then looking, uh, am I going to compromise or am I still going to to stand firm? And in our case, in, in what's been going on recently, exactly around this, we've decided to stay firm. Mm-hmm. And because we're clear... We get it, and that might mean some people need to to take a different path in uh, for the time being, and and that's all okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of brings me back to you know mm-hmm. those earlier days, also you know when um, you've got different people on your team. You mm-hmm. know, um, like we just talked about um, earlier, that you know we have some people have teacher archetypes, and like, I've got a visionary archetype. You both have teacher archetypes, so the way that we process and approach things is really different. Mm. So, you know, so straight away I heard, you know, you're very much started talking about, you know, the grassroots level and, and commitment there. And, you know, and as a visionary, it's, uh, you know, I have this sort of very long term focus around my commitment and my clarity about something, you know, what the vision is for the future. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that may be could be a hundred years mm, yeah. you know and uh, and I may not be here in the end but while I'm here I have to keep that vision um alive I've got mm. to hold that vision so um so that takes a mm. lot of it, it, it's actually you know if, if I'm authentically myself it actually doesn't take a lot of effort because it's just I'm really clear and I'm really committed that that's what I'm here to do mm-hmm. and so it's a great barometer because whenever things start to fall out of kilter mm. you go oh, no, that's not part of the seed idea that, you know, whatever's going on, you know, so the culture's very clear. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's mm-hmm. really, so that's great because then, you know, you've got someone on the team who's really grassroots <laughs> orientated. It's like, Phew, that's good, <laughs> you know, because. Um, yeah, you do need that mix, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely need that mix. Well, nothing gets done if you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then we have another C word, compliment, because then we compliment each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think I think it's such a great conversation, Elizabeth, because potentially our listeners, they're driving home and, and they're thinking, mm, okay, so what am I really committed to? And um, the team have given us a couple of definitions that we can perhaps process yeah. and download. And as I then think about what I'm really committed to, my clarity will start to emerge and it takes time. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Mm. And... Yeah. So, okay, let's open that up for a second. How, how do you get clear? You know, because I think we've probably all got our own bit of processing around that, yeah, which might be really valuable <laughs> I think, I think to our life's listeners. knocks 
our what um, created clarity. <laughs> so when I, yeah, so I think lots of the, the knocks that have occurred over the course of life mm. have um, served as the catalyst for my clarity. And therefore, I can then switch those uh, challenges or those mm. hiccups to a place of gratitude because they're the ones that have brought me to a point of clarity. Mm. So if you mm. wanted a quick example, um, a really simple one is being separated from my kids for three years. So we would term that as quite a knock and it was quite a knock, um, but it's made me extremely clear on how I want to raise them, the values that I want them to be raised with, the gratitude that I have for being present with them because I had such a long time where I wasn't. Mm. Yeah, great. That's good. So good. Yeah, and I, I, another distinction there is that, you know, being present creates a lot of clarity. A oh, lot. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that good? A lot. And can you tell us a little bit more when you say being present? Yeah. Yeah. To give us, give our listeners a bit more of a flavour of that, Elizabeth. Well, being present in your thoughts, you know, not being distracted, you know, like with a a, um, a thought loop, what I would term a thought loop going on about some sort of agenda mm. that means that you're sort of being pulled out of the present moment and not being able to just sort of really experience, yeah, what's going on right in front of you because um, you're seeing it through a lens of um, another agenda. Um, so there's that that aspect. But, um, yeah, so for me, you know, what I often do is just this little correct and transform process where, you know, the opposite to clarity is confusion um, perhaps. And um, so if I feel like I've got a lot of confusion going on or there's a lot of confusion going on around me, I'll just, you know, do this little bit like a body prayer or a little kinesiology sort of thing where you visualise the confusion in one hand and the clarity in another and place the confusion on your heart and then the clarity on your heart and visualise yourself becoming that clarity and that you're not separate anymore, stuck in your confusion. So I think that, you know, these little things, you know, like drawing on your successes, having a little ritual or actually a what I call a body prayer to be able to correct and transform your thinking mm. Um, mm. can really shift your perception mm. of being, yeah. Mm. So, um, so talking about, you know, doing that in the car, not necessarily taking the hands off the wheel, but, you know, you could actually just even visualise mm. an infinity symbol mm. going, I move from confusion to clarity and merge with my true purpose and just keep saying that to yourself exactly. as a little mm. mantra as you're driving. If you, yeah, something's making you feel a bit confused and unclear. Yeah, so that's what I do. Yes, yeah, yeah, really, really um, practical, actually. Yeah. And uh, yeah. What about you, Sheree? What do you do? Um, I think I connect to my values quite strongly um, and my why uh, for things. You know, why am I wanting to do this? Why is it becoming difficult? Why am I becoming confused? <laughs> Yeah. What are the, um, where are the barriers, you know, what's coming up? What's coming up that's creating the confusion at mm. this point? I sometimes bring to mind, you know, valued people in my life who I, I trust around clarity as well. And that sounds really strange, perhaps, dear listeners. <laughs> 
But I actually, sometimes if I'm really stuck, I think of people who I respect um, around their clarity mm. and I just hold them in mind for a minute. It's all, mm. you know, just a few seconds, just bring them to mind and just, you know, just going into that sort of more, it's almost like they're a virtual team then. It's sort mm. of like they're kind of, that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like you just connect and strengthen with clarity yeah. and sometimes it's just enough to shift the way you see things or, or what mm. your thought pattern's been. And sometimes a bit of clarity comes through. So mm. it's really funny. Clarity sup- through looking for clarity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose the values is about connecting in with your heart space and what matters. Mm. And then the, um, uh, and then the, um, connecting in with, um, just other concepts, other people, other, the, the presence of clarity, the, the essence of clarity, connecting with that, seeking it, you know, in, in mm. my, just in my mind awareness, my, my sort of energy space. I guess that's how I do it. And I don't mean to sound woo woo, but I, it's just no, that, it's, perfect. it's just mm. that little bit of a, um, yeah. getting out of your own stuckness, you know, well, you have to just mm. shift it somehow. Mm. Yeah. yeah, sure. And, yeah. and that's so true because it's, it's in that interrupting the thought process mm. that's actually not working. It's, well, in a sense, it is working because it's bringing it to your consciousness to mm. actually be attended to. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So mm. dealing with something that's mm. being triggered mm. or, you know, like at the moment, we're living in uncertainty and a lot of confusion around, you know, so where am I supposed to not go? Or, you know, <laughs> yes. like, who's, re- yeah. who's wearing masks? Which state's yeah. doing what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yes. Um, yeah. How come they're allowed to go and do that? <laughs> how come they're allowed to go and do the dancing and the singing? And they've got lots of people that are, you know, sick. But, you know, anyway, mm. so that creates a lot of confusion, mm. doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of confusion. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so there's the brain is going, what? Mm. I, I don't, yes. this is not making sense. So, as you would know with all of your history, um, Cherie, in um, neuroscience around um, how the brain works, if you interrupt that, yep. th- those thought patterns, mm. and that's sort of what's happening. You know, when you're in that confusion, it's going, okay, you know, it's, we're going into overload. We need a bit of an interruption here. Let's Let's interrupt it. But let's. What are we going to interrupt it with? Not more confusion, I mm. hope. Let's interrupt <laughs> it with some clarity. Mm. And if you have something that's going to do it, like you said, you call on your memories of what your values are and what you. Mm. Yeah, I've got a really great simple example for you. Sure. So um, confusion. So the other day, I can't remember if I've already shared this with you. My son said to me, "Mum, you're always mad." And, and in saying that, it made me mad. And <laughs> I'm thinking, here I am, I'm really cool, I do all this stuff for you, and now you're thinking I'm always mad. But what it did is it actually made me check in and I knew I needed to do more yoga. Mm. So yoga is where I oh, managed yeah. to disrupt the thinking by sitting in presence. Mm. And and I you I had been going to yoga every day, so I wasn't so mad. Yeah. And then life took over and I was only going twice a week. So him actually saying that to me, I thought, mm. oh, okay, that's a little reminder. And then I went back and I booked in for some early morning yoga on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, and it really paid off because we know that the answers are actually the answers of clarity are actually found in the silence. Mm. And so when you sit in that silence during that time period, whatever model you're using, the clarity just comes mm. back and then you're not mad at your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. that's triggered me to think of something too, Susan. Coming to yoga, Sheree. <laughs> 
Um, no, but I'm thinking of, you know, sometimes people ask me a question and I'm not clear about the answer. And I notice that I have this tendency to initially resent them for asking the question because I think, <laughs> oh, bloody hell, I don't know the answer to that. And I feel a bit incompetent for a minute. Mm. And actually what I've started to learn to do is to actually see it as a gift in, mm. in the sense that they then force me to go find the answer. And, yes. I'm, and I just have to go to myself, breathe, you know, you yes. can find the answer. You've been asked a question, there will be an answer. Yes. How do you find that answer? Who can you connect with for that? Yeah. When can I, you know. But it's even just said that boundary in place for a moment to pause before yeah. we answer because culturally that's not something we do here. Yes. We, we tend to keep those dialogues going. So mm. sometimes it's actually giving ourselves permission to pause. Elizabeth's really good at it, by the way. <laughs> um, but giving yourself permission to pause and just digest that question and then you receive the clarity you can in that moment and then you yeah, respond. good point. Mm. Well, thank you, team. Wow, what a great segment. <laughs> You're listening to the Now We're Talking show. And after the break, we'll be back with more concepts and ideas so you can keep the conversation going. You're listening to Radio Italia Uno on 87.6 FM. Our Choice Enterprises offers occupational therapy services that assist in making life doable and enjoyable for adults with lived experience of disability and for caregivers. Using an occupational therapy framework, Heart Choice Enterprises also develops and leads projects that promote inclusive communities. The Heart Choice Enterprises mission is to co-create belonging and well-being. Their vision is balancing heart and mind in living, leading and caregiving. Visit their website www.heartchoiceenterprises.com or call 0401 065 234. You're listening to Now We're Talking, promoting empowerment and ensuring the conversation continues. Welcome back to the show. If you've just tuned in, you are listening to the Now We're Talking show and we're the Now Empowerment Collective. Our intention in this part of the show is to stir your imagination. So let's dive in and talk about more themes and concepts that occur in community-first leadership. One of the things that I'd like to share with our listeners or is um, confusion and busyness that sometimes I think that... People might think that they're on purpose just because they're busy. But in actual fact, I think that confusion creates busyness. <laughs> and that's I think there's a lack of clarity in you know, what your purpose is. And you just get sort of busy um, doing stuff. And it's not necessarily always related to what your purpose is. Mm. <laughs> Don't know what you mean. <laughs> None of us have fallen into that trap. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I have never, I've never thought about it like this before, but, you know, once I was sort of putting the show together this week, I thought, so, yes, confusion and busyness, I think, are, yeah, hand in hand. And, you know, I, I would say probably about 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, everybody started thinking that they were so busy <laughs> but maybe they're just really confused mm -hmm. 
You know, and is that because we have all this super duper technology now? And, you know, I use it for sure. But is it, you know, it's like we've got so much technology that it keeps us incredibly busy, um, busy, distracted, you know, mm. um, which I think sometimes creates more confusion. So uh, do we get confused because we're not quite sure which lane we're supposed to be in anymore mm. and we have mm. so many choices mm. so then we get distracted with oh maybe I'm supposed to be over here doing that look at what they're doing. Oh maybe I could do that or maybe I could go do this or you know, maybe I just sign up and do that thing and then it's like, oh it's one o'clock. <laughs> oh alright. Um, so you know seriously mm. uh, that, is, that, is that busyness or is that distraction? Or is that confusion? I would love to jump in here, sure. Elizabeth, and yeah, give a little bit it. of an example. So working overseas um, in, in an educational setting, um, I would always leave work at the end of the day. And I was the only teacher who did that. So at the end of the day, knock-off time, I left and I went home and I spent time with my children and I did. Now, the school that I was working in, we actually started at seven and finished at one. Okay, so um, so it meant we had an enormous chunk of the afternoon left. Um, and I was the only teacher who did that. Everybody else would still be there until about six o'clock at night. Wow. And they actually uh, believed that that was making them better educators. Well, I think that's what they, they were not very clear. And uh, there was this a huge perception of me as being someone who was quite lazy because I was leaving at knockoff time. You know, I, I did everything that I needed to do. So I actually believed that I was a really good time manager and I believed that I was balancing my, my work life with my home life. But the perception from others was that I was lazy and incompetent. And coming back here, and I was just talking to somebody about it today, um, I feel like there's a lot of people who are quite addicted to this busyness that leads to confusion, but it also leads to people not being in a, a position to present the best version of themselves because I think people overcommit and underdeliver. Mm. And I think, you know, for example, if I've paid you in advance for a service that you've told me you're going to provide for me within three days and it's three months later, and I still haven't received my service, I don't feel like it's my responsibility to call you and chase you up. I've paid you and you set the deadlines. And I, I find this happens quite a lot. And, and I think there is this huge problem with this whole busyness mentality that we've created. And I really do believe it fits into a lack of clarity and an enormous growth of confusion. And then we actually teach our kids the same thing. Wow. So, yeah, so give me a, a little bit more um, information around what that, ex that example. That was very interesting, that example <laughs> that you were talking about with the, not at the school, but, you know, with um, buying a service by the sounds of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. so if... Um, Let's say I have paid you, uh, we've, we've come to an agreement mm. and I've paid you and you're going to create some social media content for my organisation. And we've sat down and we've had a conversation and you've said to me, Susan, this is great. I'm going to offer you this and I can do this and this and this and this. And this is the price and this is how long it will take. 
Okay. So I believe that we've honoured an agreement there and I pay you in advance as per your request Mm -hmm. and then you don't deliver. Wow. And this is just one example. I mean, this is this is a hypothetical example, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I've actually experienced this quite a few times mm-hmm. with service providers. Um, so what do I do? I actually yeah. don't feel like I should um, chase you because I feel this is also connected to your integrity. Mm-hmm. I've honoured my part of that commitment and you haven't without any conversation. So, you know, communication like we talked about in our last segment, there's no communication about it. It just goes silent. And I assume you're really busy. And if I do call you, you actually tell me you're really busy. (laughs) So you're actually too busy to prioritize (laughs) my integrity. You're also compromising your own integrity. You should have just said no in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but it sounds like like this confusion thing. Yes, it is. You know, that a person is confused about the culture of their business or the culture of business now. Oh, absolutely. Because it's so rapid. Yes. You know, things have really changed. Mm. So is that that what? You know, mm. you know, and I'm opening this up to listeners as well. Is that what's happening? Is that we are in this rapid um, sort of change and expansion of of how our businesses work today? Um, that that we're actually confused about how to do business. What do you think, Sheree? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just really, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think the busyness can really cloud us. And each thing that we get distracted with can seem relevant. Like we, our little minds can do that thing that persuades us that oh, mm. this, this could be quite central. This could be a key stepping stone that will make things easier mm. down the track. Mm. So we can actually mm. talk ourselves into the busyness being relevant. Yeah. So I think we have yeah. to, you know, it, when you when we started the conversation just now, Elizabeth and Susan, uh, what came to mind was that value, that the value of that taking a moment of meditation to start your day mm, yeah. and just that reset. Yeah. And I know, um, Elizabeth, in your work, you're a great proponent of that. And I know a lot of gurus, a lot of high achievers mm. actually are saying the same thing, that mm. to start, it seems crazy when you've got, you feel like we all feel like we're on that, you know, mad mm. rush to get everything done on our to-do list and to deliver the things mm. we promised we'd do in three days and not leave it <laughs> sit for three months. So we're all kind of under the pump around it. But there is this wisdom, this mm. almost, this almost, opposite wisdom that you just take time out and be mm. and be and slow down and be still and just listen you know mm. to what is the priority and let's really commit to that and and, and there is some clarity i think yeah i think that's where you receive your clarity yes, yeah yes, absolutely yeah. yeah so yeah so what i'm hearing is you know the takeaway here is definitely pause disrupt those thoughts mm. and actually pause Get back to your commitment and your clarity, even if it is that you have to write it down, you know, in your meditation in the morning and, um, yeah, just sort of yeah, get your life back <laughs> yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Pull off so, the busyness trap. Yeah. Busyness is actually an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, actually sure. an addiction. And, and time is a precious resource. So you will never have these 24 mm, hours again. Mm, exactly. So how do you want to spend it? Yeah. You know, what, what do you spend want to Spend it with clarity. Outcome? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clarity and commitment. (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much, Shireen and Susan. Thank you. Yeah, some amazing insights. I'm your host, Elizabeth E. Lames, and thank you again to our hosts, Shireen Rowett and Susan Knapp, um, for your 
awesome commitment and clarity. Clearly, clearly, <laughs> you know a lot about it. Um, next week is part three of our deep dive series where we'll be taking a closer look at the role of choice and change in community first leadership. Join us again next week at the same time for the Now We're Talking show. And in the meantime, I'll leave you with the following quote. Clarity and commitment creates empowerment and empowerment creates authentic leadership.